What's up everyone? Welcome back. We got the new year rolling around here and it's the perfect time to cover the main benefits of intermittent fasting. We got my five reasons to fast, a little short, concise article with the benefits and the reasoning behind why we need fasting. And quickly, for those of you who are new to this platform, my personal goal is to shine a positive and inspirational light on the world around me. It's not to try and persuade you or to tell you how to live your life. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a practitioner. I just wanna simply encourage you to think intuitively, to, to seek credible scientific information, and to follow the habits of the people that you aspire to be like, the people that you look up to. You need to decide what's best for your body. I just hope I can help. Let's get into it. Here we go. The Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I recently finished the book Lifespan by David Sinclair. He's an acclaimed uh, Harvard Medical School scientist who's devoted his life to studying aging. I've been really fortunate to follow many others like him. People like Dr. Stephen Gundry and Dr. Rhonda Patrick, Dr. Walter Longo, Peter Atia, and just a number of others helping us to understand why fasting and nutrition can help us live long, active, and healthy lives. The premise of Sinclair's book, it's why we age and why we don't have to. His book isn't about lifestyle, so I was pretty surprised when he covered fasting. And the very first recommendation he makes in his book is to adopt periods of fasting. He says, the important thing is not what we eat, but the way we eat. As it turns out, there's a strong correlation between fasting behavior and longevity in the blue zones. And just a side note there, blue zones are regions of the world where people live the longest. They're a term coined by Dan Buettner, including five regions of the world with the longest living people with high quality of life. FYI, Loma Linda, California, they're the only blue zone in the United States. Another awesome quote from Sinclair's book, almost any periodic fasting diet that does not result in malnutrition is likely to put your longevity genes to work, resulting in a longer, healthier life. Man, I love these quotes by Sinclair, but I do want to get one thing straight before we start. Although fasting, it's really undoubtedly changed my overall health, my energy, my bodily structure. It's not magic, it's, and it's not like the cure to all your problems. Proper nutrition, exercise, and sleep, they're all vital components to a healthy lifestyle. But you already knew that. Everybody knows that. So why doesn't anyone know about fasting? Performance and longevity expert Peter Atia, he shares my view on this matter. He says, I don't think people appreciate how potent a tool fasting, exercise, and sleep are. The ability of those three things is more powerful than all drugs combined. I agree. I truly believe fasting is a key ingredient to a lengthy, healthy life. And, you know, at the very least, it's one of the most useful tools we can use to shed unwanted body fat. This podcast, it's going to strive to shed light on the importance of this commonly missing health component this component of fasting. For me, on the average day, I usually abstain from eating food until sometime in the afternoon or dinner time. It's typically anywhere from 16 to 24 hours from my last meal the night before. Sometimes it's longer and sometimes it's shorter. It's really not a strict schedule. <laughs> I know it sounds restrictive not eating for 24 hours, 
but it's actually more enjoyable than my old routine. I mean, like most of you, when I was growing up, I'd never miss a meal and I would never go more than 18 hours without food. I wasn't going to starve to death, you crazy? But amazingly, if you can believe it, each day I'm not on the brink of starvation. I haven't lost all my muscle and I'm not tired all the time. All right, you're probably thinking I'm crazy. And maybe I am a little bit, but crazy, crazy is a relative term. And before you write me off as a person from a different planet, just give me a chance to explain. Here are my five reasons why we should fast. Reason number one, fasting makes sense. Constant snacking really doesn't. I usually joke about the word breakfast, but today I'm going to drop the theatrics. The word breakfast, it derives from the phrase breaking the fast. And since most scientists and experts agree, the body enters a fasted state around about 12 to 13 hours without food, depending on your last meal, then how many people are actually eating break fast? The modern breakfast should be called what it is. Round-the-clock snacking that's harmful to your digestive system and the cells in the body. But Austin, isn't breakfast the most important meal of the day? Well, sure, if you want to believe James Jackson and John Kellogg, they would say it is. But then again, they only popularized that phrase in the 19th century to sell cereal. Listen, I'm not clueless. I understand why we haven't been fasting as a society. It's not because we crave food all the time or because most of us don't have enough willpower. It's because we thought fasting was bad for us. The reason why most of us don't fast, it's not because of health. It's just because of misguided information. The thing is, as a species, we weren't designed to continuously live in this fed state. And we definitely weren't designed to always be in a state of physical growth. As evolutionary hunters and gatherers, we evolved to endure times without food, to live in seasons of growth and regression. Therefore, on a physiological level, our bodies were built to exist in two different states, a fed state and a fasted state. Unfortunately, most people in our society just haven't flipped the switch to turn on an essential, but basic human functions. Functions triggered once we reach that fasted state. But how powerful are these human functions? Well, Mark Madsen, a professor of neuroscience at John Hopkins University School of Medicine, he conducted studies on mice genetically engineered to develop Alzheimer's disease. They put the mice on a few different diets. Uh, most notably here, the alternate day fasting schedule, just a common modern eating anytime schedule, and an eating anytime but mainly junk food diet. The mice that they put on the alternate day fasting diet, they didn't develop the disease until around two years old, or about 90 in human years. Uh, the mice that ate anytime, they developed dementia around age one, so anywhere from age 40 to 50 in humans, in about half the time of the fasting group. And as I'm sure you've already guessed, the mice in the third group, which included no fasting and mainly the junk food diet, they developed Alzheimer's around nine months, which is equivalent to 33 years old in humans. There's a few factors on why the prolonging of the disease happened in the Alzheimer's group, but it has a lot to do with a boost in the protein BDNF, which is brain-derived neurotrophic factor. It activates stem cells to convert into new neurons, and it just helps protect brain cells from adverse changes. It's basically like a fertilizer for your brain. But before we dive into fasting and the benefits, 
I just need you to be aware of our modern environment here. Our economy produces enough food for each American to consume 4,000 calories a day. Food's everywhere. It's available all the time. And since the American market started its massive growth around the 1960s, food companies have paid barrels of money to fund so-called research that just would support their newest food product. The industry spends billions of dollars on marketing each year with one goal in mind. Get consumers to consume more. Imagine what would happen if everyone would start skipping just one meal. What would happen to these food companies? Would that hurt their bottom line? Would that also put millions of people out of a job? I mean, sure, the surge in food provided a ton of jobs. It's been really good for the economy, too. But it's been extremely detrimental to our health. And it just makes me sick to think that the major driver of what and when we eat is the food industry and not the scientific evidence. It's not right. And I could go all day about the misguided system, but I think you're getting the point. Finally, just to make it worse, we're starting to play their game. Most of us have subconsciously, we've trained ourselves to crave food, to just need to use it all the time. We generally make our nutritional decisions, we base them off of our habits, our hormones, and just convenience or boredom. And, and now our hormones, they expect those foods at certain times of the day based off those original cues. It's a cycle that's incredibly hard to break. Trust me, I know. And do we even need to break the cycle? Or should we just simply make healthy choices all the time? That's the question. Because remember, most people think fasting is bad for the body. And that's what I thought too. But despite what your parents probably told you about breakfast, the science overwhelmingly supports periods without food. Reason number two, hormesis and autophagy. Hormesis occurs when we endure short periods of stress, stressors that would be detrimental or fatal if they were sustained over a long period of time. This short-term stress, it creates signals in our body that trigger our, our natural survival circuits. These circuits, they initiate defense systems to fight back and to adapt to the current environment. It really triggers our body to turn on and use its natural abilities. So for example, we stress our bodies through weightlifting sessions and we break down the muscle and grow it back stronger. But if we're to put too much stress on the muscle for too long, it's going to tear or it's going to fail. And that's going to cause permanent damage. So similar to exercise, we can create these physical stressors through fasting, calorie restriction, exercise, sauna, cold exposure, or just really anything that induces these short periods of bodily strain. As Dr. Stephen Gundry says, hormesis is the beginning of longevity and is essential for a long and healthy life. Fasting is an effective way to trigger hormesis. After approximately 12 hours without eating, the body it no longer uses its energy to just digest and store food. It can now use that energy on itself to clean out damaged proteins and cells through a process called autophagy. Autophagy is what experts believe leads to a vibrant and youthful life. It's the process that fights against all diseases, including aging. It's a self-eating function that decreases inflammation and it slows down the growth of cancerous cells. Essentially, instead of your digestive system working on the food in the morning, it uses that time to work on its cells by cleaning and recycling them. It removes the molecular garbage in your body, usually like damaged proteins, free radicals, or broken and disease-ridden particles. 
Um, Dr. Colin Champ, he says it like this. Autophagy makes us more efficient machines to get rid of faulty parts, stop cancerous growths, and stop metabolic dysfunction like obesity and diabetes. The process of autophagy, it ramps up around 16 hours after your last meal. It all depends on the type of food you last consumed and how uh, adjusted your body is to fasting. But it really, it's an amazing human ability we were given, similar to the way the body is naturally able to heal its own wounds. Along with fasting, there is one other way to induce autophagy, and that's through consistent calorie restriction. Both these modems, they, they lengthen our telomeres and they facilitate mitochondrial networks inside our cells, basically slowing down the process of aging. Reason number three, caloric restriction. In my experience, when it comes to losing weight, like 99% of diets work. The method behind each individual diet will vary, but calorie restriction is the key ingredient in all of them. It leads to the weight loss. Calorie restriction, or eating at a calorie deficit, it's simply taking in fewer calories than you exert each day. It's living in a negative energy balance. Is being healthy as simple as calories in versus calories out? Well, definitely not. The different foods you consume, they're going to play a major role in the health of your gut bacteria, your microbiome, your inflammation levels, and just overall internal bodily function. But with that said, it is proven that cycles of calorie restriction over time lead to weight loss and improved overall quality of life. The reason fasting induces caloric restriction is because we eliminate calories for an entire portion of the day, most commonly in the morning. With little self-control and planning in our eating window, we can effortlessly cut down the amount of calories we consume. But do remember, it's not impossible to gain weight while intermittent fasting, especially if you're prone to an eating disorder or binge eating. Our relationship with food is very important, and if you're not able to control yourself, once you do reach that eating window, intermittent fasting may not be the best strategy for you. And skipping a meal and calling it fasting, that again, it doesn't guarantee you a calorie deficit. If we're strictly talking weight loss, fasting can be a great tool, but it's not the only thing that matters. I understand the struggle of dieting. I've tried the restrictive diet plans. I've even had success with a few of them. I was just never able to fully sustain one long term. We all want to enjoy our daily life. And this means that eating at a caloric deficit, it needs to be enjoyable. And long term, it needs to be an adoptable lifestyle that we can happily undertake for the rest of our lives. As Dr. Joseph Mercola says, in my 30 years of clinical practice, I saw firsthand that intermittent fasting is one of the most effective and easiest ways to rid yourself of excess body fat without losing lean body mass. I couldn't agree more with that, Doc, because in my life, as well as most of my friends, family, and coworkers, fasting allows us to enjoyably create a caloric deficit when needed. Reason number four, sustainability. Want to eat vegetarian diet? Do it. Want to eat a ketogenic diet? Do it. Paleo? Mediterranean? Standard American? Okay, maybe not the last one, but again, I'm definitely not one of those people who can claim you can eat whatever you want. Nutrition, it's immensely important. But with intermittent fasting, you don't have to be as restrictive in your diet. If you have a fun weekend with friends and you eat too much, just extend your fasting days longer to start the next week. 
if you have a big dinner meeting planned for the night, fast for more of the day to balance it out. Pursue a natural and free lifestyle, simply pushing the timing of the first meal as far as you can, not eating until you feel that real, that consistent hunger. I know that's a simple thought, but how many of us have been forced to eat when we weren't hungry? As intermittent fasting begins to gain more popularity, I continuously hear that IF means fasting for 16 hours and then just eating for 8 hours during the day. That's the 16-8 method. Intermittent fasting means adopting intermittent periods of fasting. It's not defined as 16 and 8. In fact, I found that for me, an 18 to 22 hour fast is my sweet spot each day. There are many different styles of time-restricted feeding. Each style has its own health benefits and lifestyle differences. It all depends on where you're at and what you're looking for. A recent study by Dr. Ruth Patterson's research group, they showed that women who fast for only 13 hours overnight, they had a 36% less chance of reoccurring breast cancer. That's pretty cool. It's just a short and modest fast that will activate stem cells to just generate new white blood cells and it just improves overall immunity. Again, based off your lifestyle, your goals, different methods, they're better at different times and the best fasting plan is the one that you actually follow. In my opinion, there's really only one bad way to eat and that's eating constantly always in the fed state. A study at the Salk Institute found that mice eating on a time-restricted window weighed 28% less than mice that ate randomly. Additionally, the mice on the time-restricted eating window had zero health issues. In this study, both sets of the mice, they were fed the exact same quantity and quality of food. The only thing different was the timing. Again, that's pretty amazing. And if studies like this interest you, please use the resources I've attached below in the comments in my knowledge book. But for the rest of you, especially those who still remain a little skeptical about fasting, I encourage you to simply give your digestive system a 12-hour break from food each night. I do want to quickly touch on a few people that will want to avoid fasting entirely. Uh, anyone who's pregnant, extremely underweight, or suffering from one of these eating disorders. Please do not adopt fasting if you're in those categories. And additionally, if you're an athlete seeking peak athletic performance or you endure long periods of aerobic exercise, then in training and competition, I would avoid any extended periods of fasting. As a competitive endurance athlete, your primary nutritional goals are to optimize glycogen storages and maximize muscle protein synthesis. It's imperative to use common sense, and I'd urge you to seek out a medical or health professional with any extra questions or concerns. But outside of those few exceptions, the principle, it's really simple. If you aren't hungry, don't eat. Once adjusted to fasting, living in the fasted state, it becomes freeing. You no longer have to prep food all day or slave away with dishes right in the morning and all night. Once you begin to live in two different states, you're able to find deeper focus in your work, free yourself from needing to consume something to live, and create caloric restriction easily in the process. Reason number five, consistent energy. Although this is last on my list, consistent energy may be my favorite benefit of fasting. Brilliant philosophers and intellectuals such as Hippocrates, the father of medicine, Plato, Socrates, and Aristotle, and more recent pioneers like Benjamin Franklin and Mark Twain, they all practiced and prescribed fasting. This integral part of their practice 
It wasn't only for physical health or medicine, but also mental clarity. Declan Brown, a friend of mine who recently adopted fasting, he sent me this message after completing a 24-hour fast. I get the most done, and I'm locked in consistently during my fasting days. I look forward to it, honestly. Declan, he's not alone. I get these messages all the time. This mental focus we feel, it's not simply euphoria. It's actually due to a scientific process in the body. Simply, instead of using the calories that we would normally consume in the morning for our energy, we use our bodily fat stores for the fuel. Dr. Louisa Petre, she explained it like this. When your body is using fat for energy, it's slowly digested and given to the liver for processing ketones. It can then be utilized for energy, which means more energy, higher cognitive function, and concentration levels. When the body begins producing these ketones as its energy source, it's running on a much more consistent form of fuel rather than this quick hit of energy. This quick rush of energy that usually takes place when foods with a higher glycemic index are consumed. Foods most commonly like carbohydrates and sugar. An easy way to think of it's like a car. Ketones for energy is a car that would run on battery, and glucose is a conventional car running on gas. Gas will probably produce quicker, faster speeds. But battery, it's going to get you further, and it's going to put less risk on the body along the way. For athletes, I mean, sometimes you need to be a sports car with a quick hit of gas, or you need to quickly replenish by refueling constantly. That's why I've been talking about health and nutrition and fasting. Context, it's vitally important. These individual needs are going to vary. But for me personally, and for people who aren't chasing the NFL, I really believe that periods of fasting deliver the most consistent energy day in and day out. For 22 years of my life, I was always up and down mentally. My productivity and my moods, they were inconsistent. And I never seemed to show up the same person each day. Honestly, I suffered from running on gas all the time. But that was the past. These days, fasting paired with natural, unprocessed food, it gives me the energy and health I was always looking for. I know it can do the same for you. Hey, I really do appreciate you taking the time to sit here and listen to me. Usually at the end of one of these informational articles or podcasts, there's a selling point. Now that you know this information, take this supplement and you're gonna start getting in shape right now. Well, this is by no means a sales pitch. I simply believe this is the way we were intended to live. Please do your own research, seek what you believe to be true, and use the sources I've attached for you. Additionally, if you want more information, check out my full article on fasting, the guide that expands on all the details we covered today. And in closing friends, Fasting is not some new fad diet or fitness trend. It's been around since the beginning of time. It's a natural process in the human body. Our bodies are resilient. They're designed to withstand extreme temperatures and conditions. Let's use our natural abilities when we can. Enjoy the day, folks, and always remember, our world needs more daily heroes. Go out there and be one for somebody. <laughs>